to the City View Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Um, my name is Jeremiah. I'm the pastor here at City View Church. And so as I was putting this series together, We've Lost Jesus, I was talking to my friend. And I have a good friend, Pastor Jonathan Belima. He is out in Riverside. And, and as a pastor, you've got to be able to have somebody in your life that when you are having a rough day, when you feel like quitting, that you've got to be able to call another pastor and say, dude, I feel like quitting. And he said, I quit first. I don't know how many times that that's been me. I'm like, dude, I want to quit. And he goes, no, I quit before you. You can't quit now. That's me. I get to first. And so that's sort of our relationship, not just that, but being able to build each other up, encourage one another, come alongside one another. We've been friends before we were even pastors. We are brothers. Um, we may have different looking moms, but man, we have the same heart and same father in heaven. Um, and so I said, Jonathan, here, I was bouncing the idea of the series off of him. And he goes, man, I love it. And we were just, just, we, we just do that a lot with each other. And I said, can you come and preach for me one Sunday? He goes, well, I'm already going to be out here for a wedding. So it just worked out perfectly to where he comes for free and does all of it for me. Um, just kidding. But so Jonathan said yes, of course. And so if you guys would please welcome up my good friend, Pastor Jonathan Belima, Belima from California. Don't get me in trouble, okay? <laughs> Woo, I came here to bring the trouble, my friend. I don't pay rent here, so I can say whatever I want. Good morning, City View. How are you guys feeling? You guys are awake. This is the coffee service. The earlier service hadn't had coffee yet. You guys are alive already. We're going to have a good time. Amen? Well, it's so good to be here. You guys are celebrating five years. Come on, give God a great big hand of praise. You made it. Most churches that get started do not survive their first two years. And so you guys are past that in five years of, of just uh, making a difference and making Jesus' name famous in the valley. Good job, Jesus, through you all. Amen. It's good to be here. Uh, it's good to see so many faces uh, of, of, of friends, people that I've had awkward conversations with. Amen. Amen. Just kidding. Just kidding. N nobody here. And um, uh, so good to be here. I just, I just love being here. So. I'm just taking a moment right now to just tell you how much I love you. And all you're doing is looking back at me like, so, of course, we're lovable people, of course. But uh, my wife is here with me. She's sitting right there. And, uh, babe, go ahead and stand up and just, like, you know, greet the people like a good, you know, first lady does, you know. <laughs> yeah. And she's holding our last born. His name is Justice. And uh, Justice Hassan which means handsome, beautiful one. And uh, he is the last of my kind. <laughs> amen, amen. A month ago, I had a surgery that is... <laughs> they lie to you. They say that, oh, it's going to take three days to recover. One month later, I'm still walking like this. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jeremiah says, oh, no, bro, bro you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Like, I'm not fine. <laughs> So if my voice is a little bit higher today, it's amen, amen. And uh, she's, she's surrounded by my Arizona parents, um, Bill and Allison Nightingale. That's mom, mom Dukes and Pop Dukes right there. I know you think that's Jared's parents. They're my parents too, which makes me Jared's brother. Amen. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, 
and also Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, or rather, turn on your Bibles and be ready to jump around a little bit. It's uh, 11.25 a.m. Pastor Jeremiah said, bro, when you're in our house, feel free to be at home. So we might get out of here at 2.30. (laughs) Depending on your response and the Spirit's leading. Hallelujah. Terry, it's so good to see you too. Is Mary here? Man. Tell her that I miss her. Yeah. So good to see so much family, friends. When you're there, say amen. Amen. If you're not there, say, hold up, wait a minute. Thank you. I want to pray to give those who are still searching in their Bibles time to find their place. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this rich opportunity to be with your people, to hear about your love, to sing songs that we pray would touch your heart as a way of showing our devotion and our honor and our adoration of who you are. Lord, as we have gathered here, we gather only around your son, Jesus, who gives us transformation. And so we don't come here for information. We want transformation by your spirit, through your spirit, in us. And Lord, as you bless us here at City View Church, we ask that you bless all the other churches in the valley that are preaching your word. We lift up CCV and uh, Calvary Community Church and, and, and Scottsdale Bible and, and all the different churches, the Baptists, Methodists, Pentecostals, Trinity Church, Calvary Chapel, our Catholic brothers and sisters. In no time do we see ourselves as being the only ones who are doing something for the kingdom, but rather part of a fellowship and a larger plan to make your name famous in this city and around the world. And Lord, if any, any would be moved by your spirit, may they call upon your name and be saved. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone shouts, amen, amen. Amen. So we're in this series that I'm jumping in on called We've Lost Jesus. We've Lost Jesus. Pastor Jeremiah beautifully last last week explained and and kicked that off. And and today I get to talk about something that he probably does not want to talk about. Or so he hires a hired gun to come in because I don't pay rent here. I can say whatever I want to say. And you guys can have me back in five years when you've forgotten all the damage I caused the last time I was here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we're going to be talking about Christians and, and their response to, so, uh, to social issues. Christian, and there's some social issues happening, happening around us, right? Uh, we've got all kinds of things. We've got pandemics. We've got plandemics. We've got racism. We've got division. We've got uh, defund the police. We've got defend the police. We've got Black Lives Matter. We've got All Lives Matter. We've got Blue Lives Matter. We've got I Just Matter. Just Matters. Any of y'all just, just Matters? I'm in the just matters camp, you know, amen. But um, uh, all these things are happening around us, and, and the question becomes, how do Christians interact with each other on Facebook? Because that's where your true friends are, are and are no longer, amen, amen. How do we interact? How do we address these things? Did God call you to be a social activist? Are you called to be involved in politics? Are you called to be a a protester? Are you called to to raise your voice, to to speak to these things? What are Christians supposed to do? So the other day, um, 
uh, I, I was at home and I was getting dressed in our guest room. Reason why is because my wife, she's beautiful. You look at her, you look at me, you'll understand what happened. She thought I was rich. Um, <laughs> only thing that makes sense. Um, uh, <laughs> and, and, and I'm in my guest room getting dressed because in, in my master bedroom, there, there's a, a in his, his and her closet. And after 11 years of marriage, it becomes hers and hers closet. And then after four kids, your bed becomes their bed, right? As a matter of fact, my son actually told me, he says, this is my bed. I'm like, no, it's my bed. It's, it's my bed. This is my bed. That's, that's my wife. No, she's my mommy. She was my wife first. She's mine. <laughs> so I'm in the guest room getting dressed, and I'm watching a video that a friend of mine has sent me, and I ignored it, but I had to have coffee with him later, and I wanted to watch the video so that when I see him, I could say, I watched the dumb video you sent me. So he sends me this video by a woman by the name of Candace Owens. Anybody heard of Candace Owens? Glory to God. We'll pray for all the hands that went up. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, and, and I'm watching this video, and it's Candace's response to Cardi B. Anybody heard of Cardi B? All right, let's pray for those who've heard of Cardi B right now. As a matter of fact, Pastor Jeremiah, we're going to do an altar call right now because they need to have their ears and their eyes sanitized in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. It's worship and praise. The only WAP that's going to be happening here is worship and praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Or wealth, assets, and property. No other. Any, okay, that's. Oh, man. I'm already in trouble. Anyway, so, so I'm watching this video, and my son, my six-year-old, walks in, and he sits there, and, he, and I'm like, he's paying attention. I'm like, cool, he's learning something. Candace is a good person to learn from sometimes. Um, and my, my son says, Daddy, why are people always talking about black people? And I'm like, son, what are you talking about? He says, well, I watch you watching TV, and they're talking about black people. And now you're on your phone, and you're talking about black people. And I'm like, well, God loves black people. I think, do you love black people? And he says, yeah. He says, well, don't you talk about the people that you love? This is me. In my, this, is what's, this is what's happening in dad brain. How am I going to explain this to him? What's going on? He's six years old. Do I preframe him with the idea of what the world is like right now? or is, what, what, what do I do right now? So I'm like, do you know any black people? He says, you're black. I'm like, I, I am? I'm like, so what's mommy? Mommy's peach. I'm like, okay, mommy's peach. Do you know any other peach people? He started naming all the peach people that he knows. I said, so I said, how, what's, how about your brothers and sisters? Well, I am almost black, and justice is almost peach. So I'm like, well... Jesus loves all people. He's like, yeah, God is a rainbow. Of course. They didn't teach this to me in, in Bible college, but of course, six-year-olds going to tell you that. And so I say, I, I say to him, I'm like, okay, so he, there's a song called Jesus Loves All the Little Children of the World. Red and yellow, black and white, all are. You, win the t you, you pass the test. And then he says, stop. There are no red people. I'm like, yes, they are red people. It's like, there's no, that would be weird. If they were red, they would be weird. I'm like, okay, you win, fine. There's no red people. But there's peach, apricot, and almost black. <laughs> but I, I tell that story because 
He's six years old, and he's tuning in to the frequency of what's happening around us. And as a dad, as a father, as an African father, I must tell him about what life is going to look like. I need to, t- I need to create a preframe and a context as to how he's going to experience things in this life. Are, are you guys following me? Because how I preframe it will, will, will determine how he experiences it, how he sees it. A few years ago, I was at a friend of mine's house, and uh, he's, he's almost black too. And, and, and he had a six-year-old, and his six-year-old ran into the room, and he says, Uncle Jonathan. And he jumped up on my lap. He sat on my lap. He says, today at school, we learned about Martin Luther King Jr. And I was like, that is so awesome. What did he do? And he looked at me and he said, white people don't like black people. And I sat there and I was like, what kind of preframe and context are we setting him up for? Are you guys following me? So I turned to my friend. I was like, bro, I don't think that that's what you need to tell your six-year-old right now. I think you need to tell him that Martin Luther King Jr. did some things to make the world better for him and for everybody else. Amen, somebody. You can't say amen. Stand up so we can show you the door. And he, 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 he just, it, it messed me up because I was like, wow, I wonder how much of how we view the world is a preframe and a pretext that somebody else experienced and we impose on other people. This, by the way, has nothing to do with my message. I'm just sharing because... I don't get to share this stuff from my pulpit. (laughs) We're in a very interesting time as believers. If there's ever been a time in history where who you are and whose you are matters more than anything, it is now. Because the very same spirit that, that caused Derek Chauvin to, 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 to put his knee on, on, on George Floyd's neck is the same spirit that's causing you to cause divisions on Facebook. The enemy only has one agenda. One agenda. Do you know what his agenda is? Kill, steal, and destroy. He doesn't show up anywhere unless he's going to do that. He doesn't show up unless he's going to create some sort of division, unless he's going to create some sort of faction, unless he's going to create some sort of death. And you are the only thing on this planet that God is counting on. How do we respond to pandemics, COVID-19, quarantines, racial divisions, some that are real, some that are manufactured? Hello, somebody. This isn't being recorded, is it? Okay. I don't care. Send Pastor Jeremiah an email. Pastor, the guy, the black guy you had come to preach, he said some things that were kind of inappropriate. I don't think preachers should ever bring up Cardi B in a message. If Joe Biden can bring up Cardi That's another story. Uh, I was hanging out with a buddy of mine just, just, just the other day. I was hanging out with a buddy of mine from Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon, where they've had a hundred and some days of rioting and discord. I said to him, his name is Levi. I was like, Levi, as an African-American, I have a question for you. You're coming from Portland. You live in Portland, right? He's like, yeah, I live in Portland. 
there are a total of 23 black people in, in Portland. On behalf of all blacks, I want to thank you for your for standing up for our cause and for the 20. <laughs> Let me get to my notes. <laughs> all I'm saying is that there's things that are happening that are real and some things that the devil is manufacturing in order to push an agenda. This is the first time ever where being in the middle on something is no longer going to work. You either are all the way here or all the way left, all the way right or all the way left. They don't want you in the middle. They don't want to see this type of kingdom interaction that's happening in this building taking place. There is a, there is a war that's, 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 that's happening right now. And I think that Christians need to have a context and, and an, an understanding of where they stand in what's happening around us. Matthew 6 verse 10 simply says this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is where? I want you to say it louder like you really believe that. Your kingdom, your will be on earth as it is not in the White House, not in Congress, not on Facebook, not on Twitter. Not on Instagram, not on OnlyFans, hello somebody. Not on any of those platforms. On earth, as it is. You and I have a mandate and a calling and a prayer life and, 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 and a, a, a position where my job is to bring God's kingdom into every sphere and every atmosphere, every area of life. His kingdom. Which country are you a part of? Amen. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is heaven, as it is in heaven. Do Christians have a voice and a responsibility to speak up for what they believe, even if it's at odds with society? Let me tell you something. If you can only be kingdom focused, it's what the world needs. Are you with me? Matthew 5, verse 13. It says, Jesus is speaking. He's teaching the, the Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount is, is, is Jesus explaining and unpacking what God's agenda is to society, to this world. It, it's, it's, it's Jesus teaching on what it means to be a member of his kingdom. The kingdom of God is spiritual and about to become physical. Amen. It's it, it exists in the lives of all those who've submitted to his rule and his reign. The problem with most Christians is that we don't understand what the kingdom is most of the time. We say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and, and all these things will be added to you. We don't understand. We, we have no idea. We live in a, in a, in a society that does not understand a kingdom type of rule. And God is our king. Everyone say, God is our king. God is our king, and he places me to be on this planet to expand his kingdom. I have a friend of mine, he pastors a church in, in uh, England, and uh, I was in London last year, and uh, he shared the story with me. He says, you know, that used to be our building. He was a beautiful building. He says, that used to be the, our building. 
And then what happened? He said, then the queen needed it, and she took it. I know America's like, what are you talking about? What about your rights? Did you get a lawyer? No. When you're living in a kingdom, if the king wants it, it's his. Are you with me? If the king wants it, it's his. And so God is a king, and he's saying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Who does he put in charge of bringing his kingdom to this earth? Us. Are you with me? First service didn't get none of this. Because they didn't bring the coffee. Amen. A lot of times we look at the Sermon on the Mount as this beautiful poetic, you know, the teacher came down on the mountain, he sat down, and he began to teach them. And he started speaking many things to them. The Beatitudes. These are the attitudes that you need to be. Beautiful. And we never interact with the Sermon on the Mount as a radical, revolutionary mandate of God's kingdom invading every society on this planet. This is how we ought to be, how we ought to live, how we ought to express. He says these words. He says, you, in verse 13, you, turn to your neighbor and say, you. You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under the feet of men. You are the salt of the earth. I'll tell you something. When he says you are, the word are, what, what does are mean? Does anybody have a proper definition of are? Are is being. As a matter of fact, in the Greek, the word are is you are the only, the only option that God has is what's implied there. There is no plan B. There is no other option that he has. You are, you and you alone are the only thing that God has working on this planet to, in order to spread his kingdom. But the problem with believers is that most times, as believers, we don't operate from our being, we operate from our doing. Are you with me? We operate from our doing and not our being. This, this, today's Sunday. Some of you type A people, type A people, put your hands up. Let's see where you are, right? You probably already have a list of things to do this week. Anybody have, have a list of things to do already? You have all kinds of apps that you're using. You have a, a journal, a planner. You know, how many of you who have a list of things to do are super excited about the things that are on that list? Like, I can't wait to just tackle my list. I'm excited about my list. My list is epic. I can't wait to interact with number five on my list. Nobody gets excited about the things they have to do on the list. What we get excited about, my wife has a list of things to do this week, but I'm pretty sure that you're only excited about none of them, pretty much. But your list of things to do are a reflection of who you be. And that is a mother, a wife, and you're excited about that. 
Keep smiling. <laughs> We're excited about the things that, are, that speak to the essence of who we are. But a lot of times, we get so focused on what we have to do. Is there anybody here who can, like, bake a cake, like a drop, like, crazy cake? Like, anybody? Brownies? Cookies. All right, so, so, so when, you're, when you're making cookies, can you teach me how to make cookies? You can. You can give me a recipe, right? Well, if I follow the instructions on the recipe, will my cookies end up being just like yours? She's like, mm-hmm. I'll submit to you that when you bake cookies that make everybody go crazy over, you're baking those cookies not based on a list of things you must do or ingredients list. You're cooking, you're baking them out of the essence of who you are. And when you do things out of the essence of who you are, the result is always, mm, that was good. When you operate out of lists of things to do, eh, that was a nice attempt. When Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, he's saying, I want you to be. I want you to be. Never in the Bible does it say that I've made you to be human doings. He made you human beings. Doing, operating from doing, is exhausting. It's toxic. It's, it's, it's hard. It, it sucks your energy out. But before you can do what you're supposed to do, you must be who Christ created you to be. Are you with me? You must be who Christ has called you to be. And for Christians, that is to be born again, to be regenerated. Because here's the thing about it. Religion is focused on what you do. And, 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 and so the question when it comes, how do Christians interact with social issues? A lot of times we're focusing, well, what should, what should we do? Should we go out there and we should, should we march? Should we, should we go do these things? No, be salt. Be light. Be. Are you with me? What, what, what's at stake is that there's a religious war at work. Everything else that's happening around our world right now is centered around religion. Being a Republican is a religion. Being a Democrat for some people is a religion. Fox News Channel is a religion. Can I step on your toes a little bit more? Great Bart is a religion. Hallelujah. Charlie Kirk, hallelujah, praise the Lord, is a religion. And the left has their own religion. It looks like secularism. For some would say, it looks like socialism. Socialism is a religion. Black Lives Matter is a religion. Being Irish, for some people, is a religion. Being African-American, is a religion. As a matter of fact, right now, no matter how you've identified, I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and look them in the eye. I have a new ethnicity. Go ahead. 
I am salt. I said it earlier, the enemy has one agenda and one agenda alone. Still kill, destroy. He does it through division. And for some of us, it's when we start identifying with all these other things, except that which God called you to be. He said, be salt. Be light. You're my only option to make my kingdom come and my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are you with me? Are we still friends? Will you have me come back in three years? <laughs> Religion separates us. If, if, if you're losing friends, if you're losing friends because of your beliefs that you post about, if you're losing friends and if you're finding that some people are, are separating and distancing themselves from you because of what you posted, because of your ideas and because of your beliefs, I'd like to submit to you that you're not operating out of relationship, you're operating out of a religion. And your religion is intolerant. Religion does not change us. Relationship does, amen? Relationship with Christ. So Jesus says, those of you who are born again, those of you who, who, who are called by me and call upon my name, you are to be salt of the earth. Why salt? Salt is one of the most brilliant metaphors. Jesus is amazing. Jesus is so cool. He's the only one who can say, I am the door. And everyone says, amen. Oh my God, I never saw it that way. He's cool. Like, like, like he, salt has over 14,000 uses. There are 39 million websites up to now that have the word salt in them. How do I know? I am a nerd. I Google things. We can spend a lot of time, a lot of hours talking about salt. Why would Jesus use salt? Over 14,000 positive uses of salt. I'll just give you a few of them. And oftentimes, I go to places. I pastor a church, but I also do a lot of business. And whenever I'm doing business, I like to go to places incognito. <laughs> That's when they don't know who I am. They don't know I'm black. They don't know, they don't know I'm a Christian. I don't go there with my calling card. I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm just here. And they just take me in as another business person. And it's, it's interesting how accepting, how receptive they are to the kingdom ideas that I'm bringing to them. Like, like I tell you, I, I don't even make this up. I got invited to speak at this event. And uh, I got up there. I was a last minute add-in and, and there were like 800 people in the audience all there to learn about how to grow their business and and I get up there, and I'm like, you know what? The way that you build a business is by having a solid foundation. Building your business on the rock and not on sand. <laughs> a Jewish rabbi told a story of two men who built a house. And these guys were like, oh, my gosh. I got a standing ovation. Somebody ran up to me, jumped on me, straddled me like, oh, my gosh. What you just shared changed my life. And I'm like, it's in the Bible. What? What? It's in the Bible. Everything I talk about is found in the Bible. How? Well, I'm a pastor. You're, oh, 
excuse my French. I'm sorry. I, 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 I didn't know. I, I'll, I'll watch my language from now on. I was like, I try to stay incognito about these things sometimes. And what it speaks to me is that perhaps the branding that we have as believers is not that of salt that adds value, but rather people who through their activism speak more about their rights, their Second Amendment rights, their patriotism. Oh, by the way, patriotism is also a religion. I know grown men who will not cry at Waymaker being sung. But the moment you put on that star-spangled banner, if it's you, say, Alchaluya. Because we're so much more connected to things of this earth than we are to kingdom. Our branding might be that we're more concerned with our own personal rights than we are with expanding God's kingdom. Are you guys with me so far? I didn't come here to love, to love on you. Pastor Jeremiah had two choices, Joel Osteen or John Belima. <sighs> You'd have had a much more encouraging morning if it was Joel. <laughs> We're called to be salt, not cayenne pepper. God, he could have used it. You're the cayenne pepper. You're the habanero of the earth. You're the jalapeno. He didn't say that. He says you're the salt of the earth. A few things that salt does. Salt preserves. Salt seasons. It, it, it adds flavor. It, it enhances uh, life. If Christians would just be what they're called to be, they would be adding value and showing other people around them what the abundant life looks like. It preserves, it keeps a culture that is rotting from rotting faster. Are you with me? Salt preserves, it, 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 it also purifies and cleanses. If we bring an element of purity and cleansing to an otherwise rotten culture. We get to set the standard of, of what purity is. Now, like I said, when you operate from being, you're setting the standard of what purity is. Are you with me? When you're calling out Shakira and Janet Jackson and whoever else is exposing themselves at the Super Bowl and talking about how I can't believe that they're doing this, that's when you're operating from doing. You get the difference. Pastor Jeremiah will clean this up for you guys over the next few weeks. Because, because to, to a culture that doesn't understand that, they're just like, why are you being judgmental? That's J-Lo's culture. That's Cardi B's culture. Why are you, why are you, I don't understand. But if you could just be like, you know what, I don't listen to that because for me and, 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 and the values that I believe in and the values that I live by, I believe that we should honor people. And here's how I honor people. I don't look at women as an object of flesh to be used. Are you with me? Is this making sense? 
when you just operate out of being instead of calling out and crying out and Christians, we don't believe. Oh my gosh, the NFL has always been a family Christian thing. When? Oh, wait, that's in 2 Africans chapter 2, verse 8. The NFL shall be a place where Christians gather to worship the pigskin. Bring your kingdom preservative. Bring your kingdom seasoning. Bring your kingdom purity into those spaces. Salt heals. It heals. Through us, Jesus wants us to draw the hurting and the broken of the world around to himself. Are you following me? Here's the thing about it. Hurt people, when people are going through pain... And, and, and as a husband, I, 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 get, I get in trouble about this all the time. My wife will be going through something, and I'll just be like, that wasn't that hard. I don't understand. You know what that does in our, in our marriage? In our marriage, I'm not talking about your marriage. Just keep looking at me. Do not look at your spouse. In our marriage, it creates this, like, you are not understanding. You're such an arrogant prick. I don't know why I married you. Oh, my gosh. I read her mind. <sighs> When someone's going through hurt and needs healing, the function of salt is to be a healer. Are you with me? What you must understand is simple. Where you stand on an issue depends on where you sit in life. As salt, it is very important for you to say, you know what? I sit in a different place in life. And I can't understand what Jeremiah has been through. I can't understand what, what, what Jared's been through. I don't understand their context. But me being salt, what Jesus has called me to be, I'm going to sit down with them to try to understand before I give them a prescription. It's like going to a doctor saying, doctor, I have a stomachache. Tylenol, Robitussin. You don't even know what's going on with me. Just take it. Salt heals. Salt seasons, preserves, purifies, and heals. It also creates thirst. It creates thirst. Do, do you, by being salt, make other people who have not entered into their relationship with Jesus thirsty for the life that you have, for the joy that you have, for the fulfillment that you have, that no matter what's happening around the world, no matter who might not be elected, who might not get reelected, no matter what happens in Congress, no matter which supreme justice they pick, you are fine with it. You're so calm. You're so at peace. You're like, you don't even worry about like, oh yeah, if they put, if they put a, a, a left-wing Democrat into office, it won't matter. My kingdom is not of this world. As a matter of fact, I've been placed on this planet to bring his kingdom here. And when I bring his kingdom here, it doesn't matter who's in office because kingdom is being advanced. Hallelujah. Are you with me? I don't care what they do with the NFL. I don't care if they take a knee or if they stand up or whatever they do. Because guess what? I am not here to bear allegiance to any man or any system that has a time limit on it. 
I am part of a kingdom that has no end. I serve a king who never gets voted in. I serve and worship a king who didn't need you and your district to vote red or blue. He reigns supreme forever and ever and ever and ever. And every judgment he makes is right. It's yea and amen. Are you with me? Oh, man. I feel like, preach on, black man. I will. Praise God. I had to encourage myself. It creates thirst. It creates thirst because people around you will look at your life and say, how is it that you're not freaking out? I'm a Christian. I'm salt. Amen? I'm way over my time. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to continue. <laughs> amen, amen. I've just extended the time to get invited again five years now. We're at three, now we're at five. <laughs> this is what you can do when you don't pay rent at the church that you're in. <laughs> amen. Pastor Jeremiah just uh, gave me a look. He's like, okay. <laughs> Salt irritates. Salt irritates. Amen. Salt. Have you ever had my, my, my father, man, don't grow up around African parents, man. I'm just telling you. If you have a choice to be born into a family, don't be born into an African family. They always have all kinds of like different, you know. I remember one time I got, I got cut on my arm and my dad goes, Jonah, come here. Let me help you. You're going to be fine in just a few minutes. We're just going to pour a little salt. And I'm a little seven-year-old. I'm like, okay. He's like, just put a little salt. In. And he dropped that salt. And I felt pain. I've never felt. I was like, ah! You're trying to kill me. Oh, my God. What's wrong with you, African parents? Stay still. Stay still or else I will kill you. <laughs> salt, when you put salt on an open wound, it irritates it, right? I just want you to be aware that you being salt to people who are wounded have been hurt by church, hurt by religion, hurt by all other things. When you come around, you might Irritate them at first, but your presence is there to bring healing. May your irritation not be an irritation out of religious zeal. Oh, but the gospel is offensive. It's, it's offensive. It's an offense. Listen, the gospel and need Jesus. That's why it's offensive. It's not offensive because you get, you know what? Yeah, are you wearing vans? You know, vans were made by the devil. I just want to love you enough to tell you the truth and, and have you come to Jesus. I'm, I'm sorry to offend your vans. Those are horrible vans. And the V in vans looks like a goat. Brother, take your shoes off. You're on holy ground. I can't believe you wore those to church. The gospel is offensive. We, we play these games of offense with the gospel. And that's not what the offensive nature of the gospel is. The offensive nature of the gospel is this. Come on, come on up here real quick. This is what it's going to look like in heaven. You're going to get to heaven. The way I picture it, it's going to be, there's going to be this welcome table of this spread of like food from every nation. And in the center of it will be God's bird, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and you're going to get ready to eat. And as you're focusing on the food and waiting for Jesus to enter the room, I don't know how it's going to work out. You're going to look to your left and you're going to be like, oh, how the hell did you get here? Am I in the right place? Hello, somebody. Do you know him? Do you know what he did? 
And you're going to freak out because the person on your left will be the person that you last expected to be in heaven. Cardi B? Really? Wow! But then, as you start looking at God's bird again, you're going to look at your right, and the person on your right is going to be like, <gasps> to you. Because none of us deserve the gospel. That's the offensive nature of the gospel. Are you with me? Don't irritate people with your Bible. Take your Bible and say, everything that's in this word, condemn me. But then somewhere around Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, John 3.16, I discovered that God loved me. And he took me in. And he added me to be a part of his family. Not because I was smart enough, good enough, witty enough. As a matter of fact, God loved me like Lady Gaga. He loved me in my ugly. He loved me in my stank breath. And he took me in. That's what makes it offensive. Salt irritates, but it's also valuable. It adds value to people. It adds value to his kingdom. It adds value to people who need his kingdom. Are you with me? He also says that you're light. He says you're light. And after 44 years of living on this planet, traveling all around the world, I've never discovered an instrument called a flash dark. Or you switch it on and a beam of darkness just permeates the room and the atmosphere. There's not one inventor in the last 6,000 years of history that we have of mankind that has invented darkness. What we've sought after is light. And then Jesus says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. What does that mean? Darkness fears the activation of you being light. It fears it. A lot of times as believers are like, oh my gosh, we're just, you know, be careful about going there. There's very dark. Oh, be careful of that. Those people, there's just a lot of darkness in that environment. And Jesus says, no, you, you are light. You are light. Light shatters darkness. It illuminates a pathway. It enables people to see things how they really are. As we are being, salt and light will allow God to work in us, through us, to be light and truth to those around us. Amen? Darkness can't influence light. I'll say it again for the people in the back. Darkness does not influence light. Light influences darkness. If we were to turn off the lights here and turn them back on, who would influence who? The light always influences the darkness. How do we address these issues that are around us? Simple for me. Simple yet complex. Be salt. Be light. And make his kingdom come. His will done on earth as it is in heaven. We get to be salt and light to issues of greed, corporate greed, political vice, racism, 
sexism, sexual immorality, human trafficking. We get to be the salt and the light to all those things that people are, are trying to find a political answer for or a policy answer for. We just get to be salt and light. I'll leave you with three Vs. Number one, vote. Amen? And vote as one who knows that your kingdom that you're a part of has no end. And one day you'll stand before your king and he'll take an accounting of how you used his cross in everyday life while on this planet. Are you with me? Vote kingdom. For some of you, for some of you, that will mean voting Republican. For some others, it will mean voting Democrat. And the Republicans just said, oh my God, how, how can that be? As the Spirit of God impresses on you, vote kingdom. Amen? And don't judge those that don't vote like you. Secondly, you have the choice to raise your voice above the noise. Do not be part of the noise. Be salt and be light with your voice. There's never been a time for me where I've, I've like, as a pastor of a multi-ethnic, multicultural, multi-generational church, have wished and prayed to God, God, why didn't you just give me a church that was homogenous? 100% white Republicans. Praise God. It would be easy. God, why didn't you just give me a church that was 100% blacks who vote Republican? Latinos, I have seen more division in our own church family because people are, are using their voice to be part of the noise. There's a guy in our, at our church who shared a, a, a meme. That the statement in the meme was fine. It was, it was on when the little kid got shot, killed by, by a black guy. And, and, and he shared that. He says, you know what? All lives, kids' lives matter. And he got, he got destroyed, annihilated on Facebook by church members. Church members. Now, now th this man in particular is a Hispanic original gangster who served time in prison and got saved in prison. Everywhere, all the neighborhoods that he goes to, they remember who he was and they pay respect to him. He's the only one who can walk into a, into a park where there are gang members and say, y'all need God. And they say, yep, we do. We do. You're right. That's the, the type of respect he has. When he was in prison, and prison is the most segregated place in society. When he was in prison, God touched his heart and he got saved. Gets saved by a black guy and decides to go sit and have lunch with his new Christian family, which happened to be all black. The Mexican mafia put a hit out on his life. He comes out of that to our church and says, wow, this is what I've been looking for. And during this season of pandemic, coronavirus, quarantine, and racial tensions, he's called a racist. 
the person who almost died for having a heart to sit with other people that didn't look like him. By well-meaning Christians who thought that them lending their voice to what's happening was important. Use your voice to be above the noise. Amen? Lastly, we as Christians need to always understand that we don't operate from a place of trying to win anything. If you have given your heart to Jesus, whose life was so perfect that he lived a perfect life, but yet was put upon a cross and on the third day resurrected with all power from the grave, defeating death and the grave. And then he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you and I'm leaving you here as my ambassadors of my kingdom. Be salt and light. You and I get to operate from a place where we don't fight. We don't live life trying to win anything, but rather you and I are stepping into every area, every specter of life as victors because we have the victory. We have the victory. My God wins. My God has won. My God has victory. And if I can look at my marriage, my, my issues, my, my finances, my, my, my interactions with other people as one who's like, I've already won. It's incredible. You don't, you don't have to live life on pins and needles wondering what's going to happen, what's going to happen. We won. We won. That's why our worship should not be a worship where we stand, we stand there saying, you know, Waymaker. Worship should look more like this. Come on, get up here, man. Worship should look like this. Oh, we won! We won! We have victory! He wasn't ready for that. He wasn't ready. Probably knocked the wind out of him. I'm just saying, though, we need to operate from a place of we have victory. I'm not afraid of November 3rd. Why? We won. 2,000 years ago, he got up with all power and part of that kingdom. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you so much that we get to live from a place of having one by one. You have brought us into a special place and standing before the Father. We're no longer afraid. We have nothing to fear. So your spirit can now fully allow us to live life and experience life out of our being. Salt and light to this world. Healers, preservers, purifiers, seasoners, illuminators. People who draw people to you because we once were lost and have been found. May we find others. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for joining us today. For up-to-date series information, find us on social media at CityViewPHX or go to cityviewphx.com.